Welcome to the Homeschool High School Podcast, brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I'm Vicki, and I want everybody to know that first, I was so excited to hear Sabrina last couple of weeks. We've missed being able to be face-to-face due to the pandemic. So one of these days, we will all be in the same room together, and I'll be glad. But today, I am so excited because I have a new homeschool friend with us, Denise Boyko, and she is going to talk about college tips for new to college um, homeschoolers. So the first generation of homeschoolers going to college in a family needs some special encouragement and advice. But I tell you what, any homeschooler going off to college can get some good out of these tips. And um, a lot of kids taking college during high school can get some of her tips and, and really benefit. So anyway, Back to Denise. So Denise, say hi and tell everybody a little bit about you and your family and y'all's homeschool journey. All right. Thank you, Vicki. I'm delighted to be here. I've listened to so many of your podcasts and it's just fun to talk to you. Yes. Actually, I would say in person, but it's not really in person. <laughs> but so my husband and I homeschooled both of our kids from K through 12 all the way through. Um, they actually went on to Stanford and USC in biology and engineering and our daughter's a pediatrician now. Neat. Now I homeschool other people's kids in a way. I teach uh, academy classes in biology and English, and I've done that for about 14 years, as well as helping with the college application process. And I've written a book called Homeschooled and Headed for College. That is so cool. We have so many similarities in the background there. Um, You know, several of us seven sisters have taught and are still teaching um, in our local homeschool umbrella school and help the, the homeschoolers get on to college. So it's lovely, different sides of the country because you're in California, right? Yes, I'm in California, San Jose, yeah. California. Yeah. All right. So tell us about, about your journey and especially how it came that you were the first generation in your family to go to college and what you learned about that. Absolutely. So my family, my family background were Midwestern farmers from uh, South Dakota, mostly. And farmers, several generations of farmers back in the old country, even, you know, Germany, Scandinavia. So farming was kind of the thing, but my family moved to California when I was little. And my parents were very hardworking. You know, there were five kids in our family. I remember following my mom around with a, someone had given us a couple of um, second and third grade readers. Someone from church had given us some readers. And following my mom around when I was five, I was just, my birthday was just a little too late to go to kindergarten that year. So, but following her around, asking her to read, well, you know, of course she always read to me, but asking her to help me to read. And she had at that time, three younger kids, you know, all of us five and under, but she did. She sat down and read with me, helped me to learn how to read. And, you know, of course, as you know, it sort of takes off from there, but um, I really appreciate their support. And I decided right around sixth grade, I'm going to go to college. And they supported me. They were proud of me. And I'm just extremely grateful to them for making that happen. And I went to a small uh, private college in LA. Ah, very cool. 
So what did you learn? Like, you know, those of us who have been to college, like I, you know, I had the benefit of going to college and then my kids already from my experiences in college had a bunch of tips and the, the college culture and all. So it was kind of ingrained in them before they headed off to college. But for you, you had to learn the whole culture and mindset and, and college level study skills. So how did you adjust to college? Yes, that's a great question. Um, the other thing was my high school was in a, I'll say, working class uh, neighborhood, but there was a lot of gang trouble. Uh, I actually lived uh, in Linwood, which is near Compton and Watts. So there was a lot of um, uh, gang trouble sometimes coming onto our high school campus. Yeah. Um, but there were a lot of fabulous teachers. I'm still in touch with my high school math teacher, Robert Morris. It's just amazing. So uh, yes, I had to figure out a bit of it myself or quite a lot of it myself, uh, applying and then just figuring out the college situation. And so I would say for students who who will be first generation college students, uh, sometimes these would be, uh, their parents might've been immigrants or might just be um, a sl- somewhat lower income family, or just for other reasons, families that did not get that background. I would say definitely start early. I mean, that's the thing we say for many things in homeschooling. Yes, yes. Because you're going to learn as you go along, and you would wish that you had all those little tidbits earlier. So if you can pick up the tidbits, like ninth through 11th, by talking to others, um, if you're in a PSP, you know, private school satellite program, latch on to some people who have done it before you, peruse those websites. I mean, I could go on and on, but th- those would be the first things. Yeah, I, I think that's so important as homeschool parents that we don't want to like nag our kids or helicopter our kids, mm-hmm. but we definitely want to help them to kind of learn the ropes ahead of time, especially thinking about college majors and, you know, what the family is able to do to help them with college and how to start looking at colleges when they're younger. Not not that they need to apply or high pressure themselves, but just to kind of form the ideas in yes. their heads. You know, like, you know, if, if I want to go to Stanford, I better start early in high school getting a powerful transcript and being really involved in the community and really search what Stanford's looking for. But if I want to go to the community college, I can put a little more effort into, you know, extracurriculars and developing interests and all like they they need those things for Stanford also, but they don't have as much like transcript pressure. Um, so yeah. having a gentle guidance as homeschool parents, I think is so important during high school. It, it is. And, you know, I kind of divided my, my tips uh, here and, you know, into prepare, apply and mm-hmm. attend. And, you know, even with the preparation, you've touched on um, many of the things I would have said, but make sure you're picking up some good, maybe homeschool academy classes, maybe a couple of community college classes or online classes, AP classes, if you can get to them or, you know, online access. Yeah. Just get a strong transcript together and study those websites of the college because they can be very helpful for homeschoolers. And they might even have some special things for first generation. I heard of a program done by Matt Rubinoff uh, and his resource is called Strive for College. Uh, and there's a website called imfirst.org. And these would be resources for first generation. And many of them are free. 
Sometimes you can get mentoring or guidance. And I haven't, I only heard about it the other day. I haven't really gone through it in a detail, but that's something definitely to check out and see if there's something for you there. That is such a cool thing. And I'll put links in the show notes for everyone so they can add that to their, let's explore this. So I, I love the idea of having kids have the opportunity to take some like local classes, either with their homeschool organizations or at the community college or online. Again, again, I'm, I'm all like, like, don't helicopter your kids and run their <laughs> lives, but give them experiences. But tell me about the power of having a, a teacher, like how does that help them at a high school level? But have you noticed in the, I'm bumping ahead to college applications too, like how that helps in the college application process? It can make all the difference in the world because, you know, even when I applied, the college applications were super simple. There was one little mm -hmm. bitsy essay and no computers and you just did it and off you went. Mm -hmm. Today, it can get so complicated. So I think the power of having a mentor in your local homeschooling community, someone who has graduated a couple of kids and sent them to college, we do that a lot here in our area. We help each other. We have little workshops. So definitely try to seek those out. We send out resources. Um, just getting in touch with people who have done it before can help because you can pick up things along the way that, that you might have missed a, as you went along. So definitely a mentor in the homeschool community or possibly even in your uh, neighborhood or church that, that might help you with some things can really be helpful. Also, just getting in early on looking at the College Board website, Khan Academy for SAT prep, and then commonapp.org because you can sign up on commonapp.org org a couple of years early and roll over your application in senior year. Yeah, I, I'm excited about Khan Academy uh, having kind of teamed with College Board. So mm -hmm. it gives kids uh, a leg up on resources that they need that will kind of level the playing ground for some yes. of the first generation kids. Absolutely. And, and also before I forget, one question you can ask colleges during the process is, do they offer any scholarships for first generation students? Some do. Some do. Uh, that is an excellent point. Yeah. So everybody put that in your, like, don't forget to ask this. Bible. And they might even have, some of them have a visit program. Like, uh, you know, I haven't, had not heard about this again until I heard the podcast from Matt Rubinoff, but some of them might offer a visit program where they can host you for a visit. Maybe, per, I guess they pay for it. I'm not sure, but uh, something like that. Yeah, that's, I, I love the colleges that are thinking about first generation kids and giving them those opportunities. So, all right. So let's think about mentors again. I want to go back and explore that. So let's let's jump back to your high school. You mentioned your math teacher in high school. And when you talked about him, there was a smile in your voice. So <laughs> something about him inspired you to do well in math and so tell us the story about the math teacher and what was inspirational about him. He poured himself into the students. And one big example was what I had geometry. I had him for geometry and then I had a different teacher or did I have him for pre-calc? Now I forget. But we wanted a calculus class and our school did not offer one because not enough students were uh, wanting it. So they wanted us to go to the local community college for calculus. And that just wasn't practical for a lot of us. So he spent his entire summer creating a math lab on campus. One half of it was for the remedial students that needed extra help. The other half was for the calculus students. 
and anybody else who needed to do an independent study. And so he recorded, tape-recorded lectures, and he wrote out practice problem sets and laminated them and put them with little three you know, metal rings around them. And we would go in a little study carol, put on headphones, listen to the tape, study it, take the test, go check out the next unit. And that's how we got through calculus. And he was there probably every day that summer and working at home as well to pour himself into making sure we could get a calculus class. From that, I, I keep hearing over the past many years there's now AP Calculus, then the students do fabulous at that school. He is retired by now, but he got AP Calculus going and students doing really well in it. So rather than be helpless because the school was not able to offer that, he had the kind of personality where he saw a need in his community and invested in it. And that, I am sure, not only inspired you in the realm of mathematics, but also in community service. Absolutely, community service, and in my teaching for my students now. So I, I try to do what I can. I mean, there's only limited energy, that's for sure, but try to do what I can to, to help them out as well. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, in, encouraging moms to look for those inspirational teachers and um, and then also, you know, think about how they're role modeling in their community also. So we love community. Okay, let's talk about college applications. So if you're a first generation college student, your parents don't have a clue about the process. Mm -hmm. So what do first generation kids need to know about applying to a college? So definitely you need to have all the big buzzwords on your lips, you know, thecollegeboard.com, commonapp.org, and be studying up on these ahead of time. You'll also need to be sure that you can, and I just, I love to think about this way, that you can share your story in a unique essay. Uh, you you can choose what aspect of it, but be, be ready, be willing to share your story. Uh, I have a couple of good um, resources for college essays as well. One is collegeessayguy.com. He's really, he's really funny too. Fun. And the other is this other one's got kind of a strange name. It's essayhell.com. Not, <laughs> not essay help, but essayhell.com. She promises to get you out of essay hell. So, uh, those are both really good as far as helping you. And, you know, there's tons of free resources on both of those sites. Lovely. That's so good. And I'll put links to all these things in the show notes. So because, you know, kids will be needing to write an essay, even as Common App makes the essays optional, some of the colleges will use that in their algorithm and it can really help. It can. Um, so but however it changes year to year on Common App, the essays will be there and will. it will help. Yeah. So, um, all right. So kids apply to college and hopefully being first generation, the college has some um, scholarships available. And so they, they get accepted to a college they want to go to and things are working out. What do college first, first generation college students need to know to succeed, especially right at the beginning of college? Because it's very different than homeschooling oh, yes. high school. Oh, yes. So for one thing, if the student has had an opportunity to take a couple of community college classes, that's going to help tremendously, uh, at least in remembering to put your name on your paper, right? That's the joke we always make oh, around here. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but I would say the number one thing is, well, the tied number one and two are tied, but 
<clears throat> meet your professors and attend their office hours is one huge thing because you can get to oh know your gosh, professors yes. and they can get to know you as a person, but also ask for help as soon as you possibly need it. So there is help. There's tutoring, there's study skills classes. There's probably extra uh, sessions where you can go and meet with the TA. So definitely, I mean, I would repeat, ask for help and earlier is better. And I'm not, I'm not assuming I'm not just making the assumption that just because you're first generation, you're going to have trouble in college. I mean, that's ridiculous. But you know, you might not know. You might not realize that there's tons of help because you have not been immersed in this environment. But there is help, and the professors want to get to know you, um, and that's all going to synergistically feed into a great experience. Yeah, and I think that's something that is really important for homeschoolers. You know, we raise our kids as much as possible to be independent learners. And so very often they haven't had to ask for help or they're just asking mom or a teacher they know really well for help. But if they need help in college, they are not imposing on a professor to oh, no. contact them, to go to office hours, you know, however the teacher wants to be um, contacted and ask for help. In fact, um, my sister, who was a college professor for years before she was a provost, said, you know, there were office hours they had to sit in. And if no students came by, they didn't have anything to do but read books <laughs> and play solitaire. So, okay, that's you know, a waste. <laughs> so, you know, go ask for help. But also you pointed out that they should visit their professors anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, that it is such an advantage for teachers to know them and for them to know the teachers. And sometimes opportunities come up for, you know, research help or things they can do that will build networking and favor with the teachers. Oh, yeah, exactly. Because it starts all over again. If you're planning to go to grad school or med school or law school, you're going to need recommendation letters. You're going to need people that know you as a person and not just as a little bitsy person in the large lecture. Yeah. So great, great, great tips. And uh, all homeschoolers, but especially first generation kids who very often have had to work independently and and we want them to work independently. Like that's the, that is the reason why colleges love homeschoolers is they're independent learners and they're so, you know, able to be successful. Um, but asking prompts good, visiting professors good. Other tips that you have? Yeah, I would also say many times there well, I shouldn't say many times, I would say practically all the time, there's going to be a lot of online study aids uh, helpful for your particular course. It might be tied to your textbook. So for instance, you have a certain textbook for, uh, let's just just pick up calculus again. There may be an online solutions manual where you can see how that answer came about. And uh, those can be helpful. Sometimes they're free or, or sometimes you have to get a subscription to that particular one. But look for online helps. Uh, look for, you know, the bookstore of the college might have all that as well, but there's a lot online. So, you know, I, I always like to look for the free stuff first. Um, yes, yes. And I would also say that many times um, kids who have come from wealthier families and families have been immersed in this whole college thing for generations may have gone to expensive summer programs and other fancy courses. And um, by and large, a lot of first generation students or students where just the money is not there may not have had that, but you don't necessarily have to feel disadvantaged just as before, get help, get tutoring, see the professor, find uh, outside help. And, you know, Go find some smart students to study with. Your, your, your you know, student is always smart in their own ways too, but 
find that good study group to work with who, mm-hmm. you know, a collection of people who know their stuff and you can all contribute together. That's a good way to, uh, to learn things together. Yeah, that's the study groups is such a powerful thing. And, you know, first semester for college students is often kind of like awkward, you know, like how do mm-hmm. we form study groups? But hopefully you have teachers that will kind of help facilitate that. If not, keep your eyes open. Definitely. So, yeah, that's a great idea. Any other tips? Uh, not so much on the academic side, but while you're in college, do be continuously looking for scholarships because there are scholarships that you can earn as you go along if you just look for them and you know don't don't neglect that if you know if money is um, a consideration be looking for scholarships uh, also even in the application pro- uh, process and perhaps throughout the college environment always ask about fee waivers so for taking the SAT there might be fee waivers for college applications there might be fee waivers so if you can save 50 or $70 here and there, that's a, a big plus. And, and some families might not know that those exist. So that's another yeah. thing. Yeah, that's, thank you so much for that. That, um, you know, a lot of times first generation families need that support and they don't know it's there. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Anything else? I have a little section in my notes just called celebrate. Oh, good. Okay. And I think that just means, you know, thank your parents for getting you to this point and through college. I'm so appreciative of my parents and how supportive they were. And thank others that are in your little village that kind of got you there as well. Um, but also just to celebrate your past because you've got a fabulous story uh, from your family background and, you know, maybe more humble, humble background, but hardworking and believing in education. Uh, and never forget that story. It can kind of become, in a way, your credo and the unique way that you live your life. Um, and with all that, hopefully it would help, help and inspire you to start someone else on their journey when you are in a position to do that, sort of pay it forward type thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the one of the healthiest things in the world we can do is to be grateful and to, you know, remember the people that invested in you um, by, by being just being happy. But if you can stay connected here and there and let your old timers know how you are doing, it's a beautiful thing. To and do. they will love to hear that. They will love to hear how yeah. the, their kids are doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> some Some of the kids that I had in our homeschool youth group, like we're talking 25 years or more ago, um, our, and you know, through the years in our homeschool group classes, will stay in contact with me on Facebook, you know, and just once in a while, they'll send me a message and say, hey, this is what I'm doing these days, or they'll just share something funny with me and tag it, you know, on a Facebook post. And that, you know, that for us old timers, I just get so happy about it's that. It's precious. It's such a legacy. Yeah. I, I have a whole giant basket full. It's getting, I had to subdivide some of them, but cards and letters and notes that students have given me, I keep those. Yeah. <laughs> so it matters, like that's, that's paying it backwards, you know, with gratitude, but paying it forward and investing in other people, you know, as, as God brings them across their paths. Absolutely. Empowers you know, your, your kid going off to college, but also 
um, empowers the people that they invest in. So what what a beautiful way to make the world a better place. It is, it is, because uh, everybody, I mean, everybody loves to learn or should love to learn, and helping somebody to get on that path is a very precious thing. Yeah, wonderful. Okay, um, I would love, Denise, if you would take a minute and tell about how people can connect with you and tell them about your book and the things that you're doing in the homeschool community. Sure. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so for 14 years, I've been teaching, as I mentioned earlier, biology, advanced biology, literature composition for a homeschool academy, as well as in some other uh, side locations in some years. And I also tutor some public school students in writing and SAT prep. And I help uh, families, mostly homeschool families, but some uh, traditional students with college applications and college essays. With all that, with the research we had to do for our own kids, um, I ended up writing a very hefty book called Homeschooled and Headed for College, Your it's Roadmap. Like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I interrupted. Right. No, it's okay. The no, the subheading is your roadmap for a successful journey. But homeschooled and headed for college will get you there. Yeah, it's 440 pages now. Uh, I wrote it uh, 10 years ago and revised it last year. So it's everything you need to know. It's kind of one-stop shopping, actually, with college prep and college applications, and it even has a chapter on a gap year and moving to college. What things do you should you bring, etc. So it came out of all of our research we had to do. And it's available on Amazon, but also on my website, homeschoolroadmap.com, homeschoolroadmap.com. And that's where people can get in touch with me. I also, I also have a Facebook by the same name, Homeschooled and Headed for College. So oh, okay. I, I just love to connect with families. And, you know, I, I never imagined I would have been first generation college, but now I'm helping send other people to college. Yeah. And, you know, that's just beautiful to reinvest in the community. So I'll put links to all of that. But, you know, homeschoolroadmap.com is easy to go over and find the book. And uh, I love joining homeschool communities on Facebook because we can learn so much from each other. So, yeah, it's fun. So, Denise, you have several other things that I have really enjoyed learning about your expertise in. So I'd love to have you back on another episode pretty soon. Is that okay? That would be delightful. That would be great. Thank you, Vicki. All right. We'll look forward to having you back. Thanks so very much, Denise. This was lovely. So this has been the Homeschool High School Podcast brought to you by sevensistershomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network.